As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. So we're calling this season Antitrust. And well, we started with an episode on the lawsuits. Uh, today, I want to take a different look at this concept of antitrust, a place where trust has been broken among the entrepreneurial community. Oh, that's that's great, because this season isn't about antitrust literally. It's about the breakdown in trust we've experienced with different aspects of tech and how tech has had this effect on our culture and society. So given that, what did you have in mind? Miami, the Playboy's paradise. Pretty girls, fast cars. That's just a facade. The bridge separates South Beach from my Miami. The real Miami. The MIA. This is where we hustle. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. 
Well, that's Rick Ross <laughs> and his hit single, Every Day I'm Hustlin'. And he talks about Miami, his Miami. And I don't know if you follow tech Twitter, but gosh, that may have well been Keith Raboy talking about how amazing <laughs> Miami is. And also you hear about all these entrepreneurs who are out there hustling. So honestly, it's pretty fitting. Yeah, you do. And in today's episode in this season on antitrust, we'll be talking about hustle culture what it is, how sometimes it can push you to give that extra something to achieve what you want to achieve. And how the internet has helped proliferate this lie that hustling 24-7 is the only way to get ahead in society. It has also helped to break down the trust we have in content, advice columns, influencers, who are incentivized to push a narrative that is often unhealthy for those subscribing to it. It can literally break you. All of that and more on this episode of Rocketship.fm, which starts right now. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. So we're getting into hustle culture today, yeah? We are. We are. And it's something that so many of us working in tech and entrepreneurship often get swept up in. We're either actively participating in it or feeling anxiety because, well, maybe we're choosing not to. But either way, it's sort of hard to avoid. And there are many layers to it, really, aren't there? There are. There are. There's really a lot to it. So let's try to start to break it down, shall we? Yeah, yeah, let's. First, we should try to define what hustle culture actually is in the first place. Yeah, actually, I'm going to let Yao Yun Shin do that. She's actually a 17-year-old high school student from South Korea, or at least she was when she was defining hustle culture here in this TEDx talk that she gave on the topic back in 2019. Motivational speakers, YouTubers, influencers, you name it, everyone seems to be promoting this kind of message of the hustle mentality and they're also showcasing how they're living by it themselves and this is all very understandable i get the appeal that as long as you work hard and dedicate yourself to a single goal you can achieve that goal and this seems like a very successful and fulfilling way of living life you gotta hustle you gotta grind we've heard these things before haven't we we have we have especially from people like i don't know gary vaynerchuk uh, in fact, here's Gary on his Gary V YouTube channel answering a subscriber's question of what is hustle? What I would say hustle is to me is that when you have passion around something that you are squeezing every last bit of the juice out of the orange, right? To me, hustle is maximizing the energy you're putting into somebody. I'm blown away by people saying that they're hustling and they want to achieve these great things and then their actions don't match. It's like saying you really want to lose weight while eating a Big Mac. Right? So to me, hustle would be putting all your effort into achieving the goal at hand. And for me, that means making every minute count. Making every minute count. Well, that in itself sounds good. It's a good soundbite, right? Yeah, yeah. People like Gary Vaynerchuk, they talk about this hustle a lot. They talk about crushing it. They talk about putting everything into your goal and your passions. And and yeah, I mean, that's all fine. That in itself isn't a bad thing to work hard at something, right? That's absolutely true. Hey, we've all had to work hard to get where we are, right? Working hard does help you get to the next level. I mean, heck, in this town hall that President Barack Obama was a part of back in 2014, he was asked by a young student what advice he had for young people to achieve their goals. 
President Obama's answer? Work. It's a, it's, it's a pretty simple concept. There's nothing worthwhile where it just falls in your lap. I mean, maybe once in a while somebody wins the lottery. But for the most part, everything you do that's worthwhile requires work. We got, you guys are all too young to remember, but we got, uh, uh, what is Bird's song here? It used to have the, one of the best jumpers in the NBA. Uh, he looks like he could still play. Otis, how many shots, when you, were, when you were playing, how many shots would you take just, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, thousands of shots, right? I mean, if you talk to uh, Chris or Steph Curry or Ray Allen or any great shooter, they are taking thousands of shots a day so that when the time comes to make a big shot, it is just muscle memory. It's, it's all burned in. They have talent already, but they've worked. Now, it's interesting. You talk to young people about basketball, and they kind of understand that. They get that when it comes to sports. But for some reason, you think the same doesn't apply to school. There is no reason why you should think that you will be a good reader if you don't read a lot and read books that are hard as opposed to just books that are easy. There's no reason to think that you will be good at mathematics if you are not doing math problems and pushing yourself and trying math problems that are hard, not just ones that are easy. There, there's, no reason, there, there's no reason why you, think, you should think that you, you'd be world, uh, well informed about world events if you aren't actually taking the time to read a newspaper once in a while and study what's happening around the world. Now, that advice was directed at students, so President Obama's advice may have been focused on doing hard math problems and reading hard books, but the message was clear. Work hard. You don't achieve greatness if you don't. That's very true. When you talk to successful people, I'm positive that you will not find one that says they didn't work hard for what they achieved. But hustle culture sort of takes it a step further. It's not just about working hard. It's taking that to the extreme. Here's Grant Cardone, another one of these big motivational personalities, talking about work ethic on his YouTube channel. The work ethic's a big thing, man. Beat the sun up, that's one thing. You know, there's not a formula. It's like, what do you have to do uh, to build a work ethic? Uh, beating the sun up, it's, it's, it's just a, it'll, you'll never feel bad because you beat the sun up. I don't care, you bitch about it the whole morning all the way up until you finally wake up and then you're gonna be like, man, I'm sure glad this was awesome. There's something happens before suns come up that is different, the most different part of the day. It makes you feel good about yourself at the end of the day. On victories, like on victories, I've seen too, so many people get sucked into their own victories and because their work ethic's broken, they don't keep working. They're like, oh, pat on the back. I got my deal. Let's go, let's take a vacation. And, and, and you see the destruction of these people. You know, Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. He, 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 that night, he's preparing for the next one. The work ethic is just, of all the top people, is so severe. You can start to see where it gets to be a slippery slope here. Grant Cardone talks about beating the sun up. He mentions how your work ethic shouldn't just be strong, it should be severe. He talks about how Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl and starts preparing that night. 
for the next ring. Yeah, I actually seem to remember Tom Brady stumbling around pretty drunk <laughs> after a day of celebrating with the Lombardi Trophy while boating with teammates after his last Super Bowl win. But, hey, that day aside, I'm sure Grant Cardone isn't wrong about Tom Brady's work ethic. No, but even beating the sun up, this starts to touch up on a theme that we see so often in hustle culture, sleep, and why if you're getting a lot of it, you're doing it wrong. Right. You're getting eight hours of sleep. Well, then you're probably going to fail. <laughs> Here's Steve Harvey, who is an actor, host of Family Feud, and I guess a big time motivational speaker with his thoughts on sleep. Rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. That's a third of your life. It ain't but 24 hours in a day. You cannot be sleep eight hours a day. You can't live in L.A. and wake up at eight o'clock in the morning. It's 11 o'clock on the East Coast. The stock market been open two hours. They already making decisions about your life and your ass will sleep. The Bible says, he who loves to sleep and the folding of hands, poverty will set upon you like a thief in the night. He who loves to sleep and the folding of hands, poverty will set upon you like a thief in the night. I'm gonna ask you one question, I'm gonna go. How many of you in here know somebody who loves to sleep? Who knows somebody that loves to sleep? Let me ask you something. Ain't they Poe? Hey, Michael, do you enjoy sleeping? I love a good sleep. And would you classify yourself as poor? Uh, I think I do okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Steve Harvey, you may be off on this one. Although, don't get me wrong, Michael. Uh, you know, we're not billionaires. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I don't know that Steve Harvey's a billionaire either, but I, he probably has more zeros in his bank accounts <laughs> than we do. I'll admit that. True. True. <laughs> Many of these motivational influencers who trumpet the hustle culture, they love talking about the number of hours that they sleep, or rather, don't sleep. But they also love talking about the number of hours that they work. Yes. And if you're putting in a typical 40 hour work week, well, you're doing that wrong too, at least according to them. Elon Musk is now the world's richest man worth over 200 billion. And Elon Musk sure isn't working 40 hour work weeks. In fact, he suggests you double that if you want to be successful here in this interview with Fader. I mean, you just have to put in, you know, 80 hour, 80 to 100 hour weeks every week. If other people are putting in 40-hour work weeks and you're putting in 100-hour work weeks, then even if uh, you're doing the same thing, you know that in, in one year you will achieve what they achieve. You, you will achieve in four months what it takes them a year to achieve. Again, it's all about that work ethic, right? So now we're talking about living a life of just getting a couple of hours of sleep each night and working what? 12 hours a day, every day, even on weekends. That's hustle, right? And again, if anybody wants to point out that Elon Musk probably can't become the world's richest person working 40 hours a week, or that Elon Musk is way more successful than, say, me, <laughs> you'd be 100% right. Of course, there's only one Elon Musk. And just because you don't achieve an Elon Musk level of success, though, it doesn't mean that you can't achieve success. What works for Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant Cardone or Steve Harvey, it doesn't mean that it's the right path for you. Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll dig into more of this right after that. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. 
Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. Before the break, we learned a little bit about hustle culture, things like work ethic, sleep. But there's more to this hustle culture, too. It's not just about those things, but also that everything is up to you. You're in control of your own destiny. You can create your own success. And that's honestly a lot of pressure. And there's very much a keeping up with the Joneses sort of involved with it. Now, that used to mean buying the same luxury car that your neighbor had, you know, to show the rest of the neighborhood that you're just as successful. But these days, it's all about what kind of positive hustle and grind content you can put out on Instagram or TikTok. And you got to keep up with those appearances. Yeah, I actually caught up with somebody to dig into this more and to get that perspective specifically of somebody within Gen Z. Um, she's somebody that wrote a piece all about hustle culture for Business Insider recently. Ah, who's that? Well, I'll let her introduce herself. My name is Kennedy Hill. I am from California and I am a writer for a lot of things. I do a lot of freelance. I do have a staff job right now for a newsletter. Pretty much whoever pays me to put some words together, that's where you'll find me. Oh, nice. A freelance journalist. It sounds like Kennedy is hustling for herself. Is that right? Well, yes, because she feels like she and the rest of her Gen Z peers sort of have to, whether they like it or not. For our generation, especially, the traditional system just doesn't work anymore, right? It used to be you go to high school, get good grades, you go to college, you'll get a job. As long as, you know, you don't get fired or something bad happens, you're going to pretty much be set financially. But by the time it got to us, that doesn't work anymore, right? We see so many people going to college, they graduate with this expensive degree, they go into the job market, they either can't find employment or they find employment. And for jobs that require a degree, they pay you minimum wage. Um, and especially like women and people of color were always excluded from that, from that system. But now we're seeing it on a generational level, right? Now, now everyone is excluded from this kind of white picket fence lifestyle. Just if you stick to this track, you're going to be successful. And that track just doesn't work anymore. Um, it wasn't built to be sustainable. And so we're the generation where really like trying to be sustainable when it comes to climate change and even just the job market, right? All those systems have failed by the time we got here. And so for Gen Zers, we're like, okay, um, if I'm not going to have, um, if I'm not going to have social security, if I'm not going to be able to get a decent salary with this degree that cost me a hundred thousand dollars, I'm really going to have to work and look out for myself. Right. Because me just getting a job isn't going to be enough. And so we've kind of had to develop this sense where it's like the only person who's going to guarantee my financial future is myself. If I go out there, if I make myself a job if I work um, as a contractor, if I'm able to negotiate more, it's like we we just have to put in so much more thought and dedication into just making a living for ourselves, where I think previous generations didn't have to in such a short amount of time when they're so young. And for the people that want to live like that, that's great. But to Kennedy's point, not everybody in her generation necessarily does, but they feel like they have to hustle. To them, they feel like the system that was set up so nicely for generations before them doesn't actually work anymore. And so many of them have to set out for themselves. But there's a big downside for those that are forced to do that. When you're going at it alone, there's really no safety nets, right? So I graduated in 2020, um, which means that there was job freezes, right? And so I couldn't get hired anymore, so I had to work for myself. And so if I'm working for myself, that means I'm not given employer-sponsored health care. I'm not uh, saving to a 401k. Um, like I'm not, I don't have an HR person making sure that like people aren't taking advantage of my work, that people are actually going to pay me. Um, and so you really have to advocate very hard for yourself when you're hustling 
which a lot of young people may not have experience with. I know I didn't because you're fresh out of college and all of a sudden you have to be the boss. You have to be this strong-minded person who's willing to fight for yourself. And that's something that we're not taught to do. Um, so being thrown into that is very, it's very scary, honestly. And then also I feel like obviously we're so plugged into social media. Like if, if I go online and I see my friends or just other people that I follow, and they only ever post a positive puzzle culture. They only post like, oh, I just got this 10 grand deal or, oh, like, look at me, like I'm in this huge office after just six months starting this business. They don't really show you um, them struggling. Like they don't show you like all the emails that you have to send, hey, you owe me money, pay me. And so you go on Instagram, you go on Twitter and all you see is success. And then you're like, oh, well, I'm trying to hustle too. Where, where is my success? And then you just feel so behind. Social media plays a big role in hustle culture. Messages are spread on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, hashtags like thank God it's Monday or hashtag no sleep. They are a thing. And as Kennedy points out, it's not just those hustle influencers who we've heard from. It's Kennedy's own peers. And as an entrepreneur, I know firsthand that most entrepreneurial experiences, they're not all wins. Everything is not so rosy. Even the most successful entrepreneurs, they have to put up with a lot. Yet we don't see TikToks that talk about that much, do we? They aren't the ones getting the likes, getting the great engagement, going viral. Kennedy talks a bit about why this is here. If you see a TikTok, right? And it's a TikTok, like 60 seconds, like, oh, like this is how I make $5,000 in a day. And then you see a TikTok that says, oh, like these are the five hardest things about starting a business. The one about making $5,000, that's the one that's going to be more popular, right? Because like, that's what I want to know. That's the content I want to see. But the flip side of that is that you are seeing more of these, this is how I did it, this is how I got successful, as opposed to like, no, there are actually downsides to this and this is what you should be expecting. And so like, I don't think it's like some kind of conspiracy to just make all the young people be like, no, like we're only going to show you the good sides, we're not going to tell you about the bad, but just by the nature of how social media work, um, social media works, how these algorithms work, they want you to stay interested. They want you to stay on their platforms, right? And so like, they're not going to show you things that you're not going to want to aspire to see more, that you're not going to aspire to be. Of course, one way to stay away from those messages on social media and get away from that unnecessary pressure is literally to stay away from social media. True. Although for Gen Z, social media is pretty much how they communicate with each other. I mean, hey, even at home, if I were to tell my wife, who is not in Gen Z, to stay <laughs> off social media, I'd get one of those death stares that tells me I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. But even if we did all stay away from social media, what would that even mean? Well, I mean, we could all have more real conversations with our peers and we can talk about the good things, but also the struggles of that hustle, right? We may be able to better empathize with each other. You're right. I mean, we definitely should do those things. And I definitely recommend to people, you know, have more honest conversations with others. But even having those real conversations, that can be hard, too. Here's Kennedy again telling me about a time where one of her friends was telling her about the side hustle that she started. Kennedy and some of her other friends, they were about to start a side hustle of their own. And, well, let's go to Kennedy. One of my friends, she started a side hustle. And then it was me, her, my friend, and then uh, another friend. Then she was like, oh, I'm starting the side hustle. We were like, oh, that's so cool. And then we we're like, oh, like we should start one too. It's COVID, you know, we have free time, whatever. Um, and then and then all of a sudden she was like, oh yeah, so I make like $15,000 a month. And I was like, whoa, that was fast. Um, and then I was talking to my second friend about it. And then, and then she was like, oh my God, like I see that she's doing so good. Like I just feel like so crappy about myself. Um, because it's like, oh, like if she can do it and like I'm just sitting here not doing anything. And so 
it's like yeah like we're like we're in this hustle culture and what i do love about gen z is that we are i think very like just very aware of the fact that we do have power and we want to use that power we do have skills like we're not just the young kids we can actually make a lot of very important things happen in a lot of different industries on the flip side of that is like i don't think everyone wants to be a boss like not everyone wants to have to hustle not everyone like like that's not everyone's preferred lifestyle right but then if, if you're seeing that like this is a lifestyle that's celebrated, like that this is the one that's getting posted about, like this is the one that people are writing articles about, like look at this 22 year old who started like a Fortune 500 company, whatever. Um, then, then all of a sudden like you, like you feel like you don't belong with your peers. Okay, let's take another quick break. We'll be right back. So this episode has been a lot. Yes, it really has been. Um, basically, where things stand are, yes, hard work is important. We should all work hard. But there's a fine line between working hard and embodying the dangerous side of the hustle. And honestly, it's hard to even know where to go from here. Well, I will say, finishing up my conversation with Kennedy Hill, she did have some recommendations for her Gen Z peers um, who feel like they have to hustle. Now, doesn't necessarily paint a rosy picture for them, but here's Kennedy with that advice. It sucks that so many of us are in a position where we don't have the, the generational wealth. We don't have the, the financial stability to to not be able to to protect ourselves financially in that kind of manner where we could just find a job. And it's like, and even with just finding a nine to five job with the wages now, like, I mean, you could live, but like people aspire to want to have a life, you know? And so like, we don't want to live, we want to have a life. Um, and so if a friend comes to me and they're like, you know, I have to hustle, um, I'm going to say, you know what you do and it sucks and I'm going to try to hang in there with you, but you really just need to one set, set boundaries for yourself. Um, cause no one is going to do it for you. Right. I think it's very easy to get kind of caught up in this rat wheel of just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, but when you're going out alone, there's no one looking over your shoulder. Like there's no one watching your back for you because there's no one behind you. It's just you. And so it's like, if you like, like if you have to like physically write down on a piece of paper, not, not on your notes app on your phone, if you have to physically write down on a piece of paper, I'm not going to look at my email after six o'clock, seven o'clock, depending on the nature of your work. And you say like, I'm not gonna check my email before 8am. And like, I know, like give yourself structure. Cause I think when we have structure, we feel less frazzled because we at least know I'm going to do work at this time. And really, and, um, and also you really just have to advocate for yourself. I remember like there are times where I feel like I wasn't being paid enough and it was like very scary. Um, Cause like, oh, like, I've never had to like ask someone for more money. Like they said, this is how much you get paid. It's like, I don't even know like, like what is negotiating. So like for me, like I'm lucky that I have family who's, who have like jobs where they've been put in that position multiple times. So I can rely on them, but not everyone does. Um, and so I would say just like do your research. Like uh, if there's something you're scared to do, there's probably someone on the internet who can show you how to do it, right? Like look up how to negotiate, look up how much you should be paid as a freelance writer, as an illustrator, um, as a graphic designer, whatever your work is. I think the more you prepare yourself with research and data and education, the more confident you feel in your own ability to lead yourself as a business person. And then you won't feel so anxious to advocate yourself and to say like, you don't know, no, like you're trying to, to take advantage of me because I'm 23 and you don't think I know much, but I do know. And so it's not okay for you to try to run over me because I have this arsenal of information and knowledge that's going to back me up if there's some, if there's not a second person to do it for me. Well, it may not be rosy advice, but it's probably good advice. Yeah, I think so too. And I also found some more perspective from the Dave Ramsey show, actually. Now, whether you're a fan of Dave Ramsey or not, this advice is worth taking in. This is actually a caller question from the Dave Ramsey show earlier this year. I work for my father. 
and uh, we're in the construction business. Um, pretty large company. We've got 40 employees, um, about a $7 million top line uh, gross. But anyways, I'm 29 years old. I've been working with them for 10 years now, and uh, I'm working around 60 to 65 hours a week, and I'm just kind of wondering, am I wrong for wanting to uh, drop my hours back because uh, I have a wife and two kids, and uh, just kind of wanting to know your thoughts uh, on that. Yeah, the only time I work that amount of hours or ask somebody to work that amount of hours is for a sprint, a short season, to knock something out. Now, the short season could be for a year. Uh, it could even be for two years. But it's, you know, while we're trying to get something up and moving or there's an emergency. Uh, and it falls under the heading of, uh, you know, country sayings, but, you know, make hay while the sun shines, right? And so if you got to put in 16-hour days, get the hay out of the field before the rain kills it. Uh, and kills your dadgum crop, you got to go do that. Shut up, you know? Mm-hmm. And if, if you, uh, and the other one is get the ox out of the ditch, meaning that there's something's broken, right? It's something's, yeah. and, and we got to get the, you know, we got to get that item fixed. So if the servers go down around here, my guys are here are here at two in the morning, mm-hmm. but they're not here at two in the morning every week. It's because something broke, right? Yeah. And I'm not here because right. I can't even spell server. So it wouldn't do any good for me to be here unless I handed somebody some coffee, but but, mm-hmm. you know, so the question is, is this a way of life or is this the fact that we're in the middle of a construction boom and you guys need to get the hay out of the field? And, you know, Dave didn't say never work on overdrive. He said sometimes it's necessary to do so in a sprint type situation or, you know, put in the time to get the hay out of the field before the <laughs> rain kills it or get the ox out of the ditch. Uh, I don't know if those phrases are going to land well here on Rockets. <laughs> I think I get probably, what you're talking about. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. But it did resonate with me. I mean, there are situations that call for a 60 to 70 hour work week sometimes uh, or for some late nights. But I personally don't think that should be a way of life. That should be the exception, not the norm. Now, that might mean you won't become the next Elon Musk. But that doesn't mean you won't be successful. That's right. And, you know, I'm not alone with that thinking either. Back in 2014, Inc. columnist Minda Zetlin, she had a few things to say about the downsides of working too hard. This is from the Inc. YouTube channel, and here she is with several reasons why you don't want to hustle too much. Not too long before Christmas, this past Christmas, I read a story in the news about this woman named Mita Diran who actually worked herself to death. She was working for Young and Rubicam in Indonesia, and right before she died, she tweeted, 30 hours of work and still going strong. It was kind of a wake-up call because around the same time, I was not working 30 hours in a row, but I was working long days and something like seven days a week. And it had penetrated my skull that what I was doing was not sustainable and it wasn't leading to good work either. So I started really thinking about all of us who are entrepreneurs or in business for ourselves working ridiculous hours and thinking we can just barrel on through that that really doesn't work. Quantity kills quality. You may think, oh, you can do this, and then you can do this, and then you can do another thing. But the more things you pile into a brain that's overloaded, the less you'll do each of them well. So if you need to be excellent in your work, as all of us do, working at too many things too hard too many hours is going to make that very hard to achieve. It matters how much sleep you get. It matters for your brain function. It matters for your mood. It matters for your ability to lead and communicate with people. Um, Ariana Huffington has become a sleep evangelist after she actually fell asleep at her desk, fell face forward, and broke her cheek. So before you get to that point, 
try and make sure you get a reasonable amount of sleep every night. It really does matter. Another reason that you need a lot of rest and to be at your best is that your judgment is impaired. And if you're running a company, that's something your company can't afford. If you're making bad decisions because you're tired and you're not thinking clearly, your whole enterprise could go down. Now, I know that Steve Harvey probably doesn't like Minda's advice there, but <laughs> it resonates with me. Uh, anyway, there are seven more tips that she gives. You could search for 10 reasons you need to stop working so hard on YouTube, and, and you can hear them all there. We hope that today's episode was helpful. Maybe it offers a little bit of perspective on that hustle culture that sometimes brainwashes us to believe that the only way to have a successful life is to work 24-7. One thing that's helped me over the last few years is taking a hard look at life and redefining what success actually looks like. For me, it isn't having $200 billion in my bank account. It isn't having private chats that double as my personal Uber of sorts. I don't have to keep up with the Joneses anymore. And once I had that realization and sort of recalibrated what success means to me, I've got a lot more out of my life, personally and professionally. And that's what matters most, honestly, right? With all of that, we'll see you here next week as we continue season 11 of Antitrust. For Mike Belsito, this is Michael Saka, and you've been listening to Rocketship.fm. So long. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.